Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 564 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined by the almost matching Stephen Kyle Brecky. We wore the exact same shirt today. We had to do a quick plot Dude. twist. And uh, there was shirts lying around, so Brecky, Brecky changed. Uh, That's I, I used to keep a extra shirt in my bag, and I must have taken it out because we all a lot of times get the same gear, whether it's flow gear or gear schools send us. Um, so... Yeah, I forgot. But I, I forgot to take it out. Yeah, he forgot. So, but we changed up and not wearing an ACDC shirt is Ben Funky Askren. Ben, how you doing? Well, Root, rooted classic fits. You know, make me look classy. Wow. Uh, make me look like a grown up. Uh, Christian, I thought your intro was a little low energy today. You know, you usually a little more fired up for a Tuesday. Really? And I will, yeah, you are. And I will tell you, um, I'm almost through season one of The Wire. Oh, they baby. just killed freaking Wallace! Oh, what a bunch of bullcrap! Oh, Why'd they do it? Where the boy has string? Cause man, you yeah. cannot snitch. Why'd they kill him? Because he's a snitch. I don't think he actually told anyone, did he? Or was he, he going to? Yes, he did. He was going to testify. Oh, he did. You're right. Remember, but he they was, didn't know that. But they didn't not, know that. They they kind of knew. They kind of knew. They, and they were right. But that, yeah, that was, right. that is probably, there's a few moments lower than that in the show where you get even. Really? Yeah. That's a pretty low moment. That one's pretty low. That's about as low. There's a couple that get a little lower. You know, the, the writing makes it fantastic, Christian, because I think, you know, they're, they, they obviously tried to make you connect with all the characters and he's yeah. one of the characters, you know, they show him taking care of the younger kids. They show him wanting to go back to school and get out of the, the drug trade. And, um, you know, they, they really make him a really like lovable character. Yeah. And then for the, and, you know, obviously he, he had a moment of weakness, but he's only 14. So, or 15 or whatever. Yeah. Very so young. a lot of 15 year olds have moments of weakness and, uh, yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Just the stakes are so different in that situation than, you know, when we made 14 year old mistakes, we were probably yeah. weren't going to be murdered by our friends. Um, yeah, a little wire talk to start the morning. I am actually quite fired up. I I think you really judged yeah. my uh, my my intro. In <laughs> well, they go. Well, hey, but wait, I want to check in with you because okay. one hip update. And are you showing wrestling moves yet? Are you are you oh, or yeah. are you following doctors? I, I shot a high, I shot a couple high crotches. I knew it. Night. I freaking knew it. Aren't you supposed <laughs> to be on crutches? I knew that. I knew that's what no, you were going to no, say. No, no, I got done with crutches last week. Really? Off crutches last week, shooting high crutches this week. That's how I roll, baby. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, you know, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, you know, shooting them hard or nothing. Okay. I wasn't wrestling. I had to show my guys were, you know, you know this, Christian, you're a high school wrestling coach. So one of the groups I was coaching last night, they're shooting a high crotch and they're coming up, right? They were coming up with their butt under their hips. They're coming up and boom, their ass is moving back and, and their head's down. It's not good. That's going to get your face rubbed in the mat. So, you know, I, I was frustrated. So I 
Got to get your chest up, got to get hips into them, you know? Yeah. Head up, hips in, yeah. back straight. Goes a long way. Yeah. Hard to do. Mm-hmm. Hard to do. Uh, okay. So a lot of um, classic Friday news dump. They yeah. Friday news dumped us, uh, which I think every Friday we should get paranoid. Um, it's not hard <laughs> for me to get paranoid anyways. But Fresno State dropped their wrestling program. And obviously it's a program that just got reinstated. It's only been around a couple of years. And a lot of disappointment, a lot of anger from the community, which, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I can relate to and understand it is, it is sad. And it's, you feel for the kids, you feel for the coaches, you feel for all those affected by it. But I feel like the, the response to me is a little, okay, are we still, it's like a, it's a very not wrestling response in my opinion. And I think there's, what I mean by that is, Oh, a bad thing happened to me. It's their fault. These these people are bad. They did a bad thing to me. Instead of like confronting the reality of why this is happening, right? And oh, this is my mental Monday yesterday, Christian. Okay, I didn't even listen, but you know, perhaps you, listen. Uh, you incepted. I listen to them when I see them pop up. Hey, having feet. this, having this self awareness to understand whether it's your fault or whether it's your environment's fault. That was kind of what I was sure. Discussing. Yeah. Well, this yeah. this could maybe tie in. Uh, in both ways, because one, this there's something I've been talking about, and it was just a couple weeks ago I was saying our sport is beholden to entities, institutions, and systems that do not value us. Okay, the NCAA, yeah, these schools, these schools do not care. By and large, there's a few schools, and they're probably you can count them on one hand that really, really care, really deeply care about wrestling and the ioc does not care about wrestling and these are two you know huge institutions that, d- that don't care about us but more than anything i think the first you look at the two the, the three programs that have been dropped recently odu stanford and now fresno state two of those programs and this is what i'm talking about looking in the mirror they had issues okay if, if yeah. you're a wrestling program you cannot Put yourself in the crosshairs. You're already in the crosshairs. You're already vulnerable. You're already uh, a sport in, in ODU and in Fresno's case that is not sponsored by the conference. Okay. You're already a sport that does not make money. In fact, you lose money. Okay. Yeah. And you're already a sport that doesn't, you know, always jive with Title IX. And I know that's a that's a cop out that the institutions use sometimes, but you just gotta know you're behind the eight ball. So if you've got allegations of stripper parties with recruits fresno state that's going to be a problem that's going to put you more in the crosshairs if you're getting sued for concussion management odu that's not going to be forgotten you have to pay out half a million dollars that's not going to be forgotten okay and when it comes crunch time and you can talk about all the virtues of the sport that it instills and all all the you know the honor roll this and that but the bottom line is that's not when it comes crunch time for these institutions, that's not what's going to keep you around, right? It's value. Yeah. And when you have these self-inflicted things like Fresno ODU had, I think we can't just get mad at administrators for being administrators who are making a business decision about a thing that doesn't make them money. And us just not being an expensive sport is not going to keep us around. And to me, when do you confront the reality? It's like, the NCA is is 
not helping us. It's hurting us. We've lost yeah. 175 programs and we still get, you know, mad at the institution. This is the way it's going to go. What I don't know what's going to change it. It's maybe time. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, the NCAA doesn't have our sports best interest. It doesn't have the athletes best interest in mind a lot of time. I, and, and for me, college wrestling is my absolute favorite thing. It's definitely the reason I was able to get this job because I loved college wrestling so much. So I don't want college wrestling to go away, but I'm also, it's like you, you just have to confront reality and yes. um, look inward and be like, hey, this this isn't the going the way we want. What are we going to do about it? Yeah, I, so I agree totally. I've been beating this drum for many years, and, and I would throw the IOC in that mix also as a institution mm -hmm. that doesn't really care about us all that much. And that's why I, I, and I have been adamant that there needs to be some type of professional wrestling league that is can stand alone, that can make money, that is an outlet for athletes. Um, and right, who knows? In the beginning, it's not going to be very many athletes. It's going to be a handful. But if you could build it, then there will be this outlet for more and more and more athletes. And you know, who knows what it could eventually turn into. But yeah, th thinking that the long-term solution for us is college and IOC, I, I think is really questionable. And then you know, on top of that, obviously, you look at the, the position a lot of these colleges are be put, being put in right now. Um, they are, they're going to be hurting financially. Really, I mean, they're already hurting. And they're going to be hurting more financially as this uh, pandemic drags on. Yeah, it's and that certainly doesn't help. And I'm not saying that Fresno got dropped just for this reason, but you know what what snowflake causes the avalanche, right? Um, so yeah, I I mean yeah. I I can't lump lump this into some broader thing about the exact direction wrestling needs to go, but I think there are some well, realities. Uh, and I guess one of the things I will say about Fresno and you know is they don't they don't check all the boxes. Um, you know, you were saying they had the off the mat issues, which, yeah, that, that, that's a problem, especially for ADs and stuff. Um, but you know, one area where they were doing outstanding, they were having great fan, um, what am I call it? When the fan, you know, the, they're, they're having great crowds, right? Yeah. They were getting a lot of numbers in the seats. There seemed to be a lot of community support. I know the first couple of years, I think they sold out like 9,000 seats for a few matches. So they were getting that part of it right for sure. Um, but you know, I, I think what you're dealing with that, and, and I kind of know a little bit of the inside because I was managed by Dwayne Zinkin and he was one of the leading proponents of bringing Fresno State wrestling back. His uncle Delito was the coach for a long time. And I think you're dealing with an athletic department that just really didn't want wrestling. Right. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Um, and one of the reasons I, I don't know, you didn't exactly say it Christian, but in this document, uh, you had it where, uh, you know, it, wrestling although it is a lower budget sport still loses money i mean the, yeah. the the fresno state athletic department is is not making revenue off the wrestling program and uh you know that's a big part of it yeah i mean you you look at their ticket revenue went from 118,000 down to 79,000 in in a year so while their attendance was good they clearly were not making enough money on it um for to make up for their expenses, which were 1.1 million, which was yeah, they almost double what the estimated cost was. So they ran at two x the estimated cost according to this. That's uh, kind of wild. Yeah, that's very wild. So yeah, I don't even know how that happens, honestly. I I huh. spend double the budget I have. It's probably not around anymore. Which actually, that's what happened to to them. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that's that's depressing because um, 
you know, Troy, Troy, I know Troy very well, the signer, the the coach there. And he, he was doing what I think was mostly a good job. Obviously, there's a few off the mat incidents, but for the most part, I felt like he was doing a really good job in the three years they were back. Um, kind of sucks that they're not back anymore. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think a lot of Coach Steiner, and I'm sure he'll wind up somewhere. But it sounds like they're they're going to get this year. They'll get to do this year, yeah. just like Stanford will. ODU will not. Um, What's interesting is um, looking at the transfer portal, Jackson Himauer, Jacob Bright, Adam Camp, Nevels, Lawrence Sands, already in the portal. Yeah. Yeah, J- Jackson, um, so I know him because he wrestled – he wrestled AW a little bit, and he kind of helps out with our Madison location a little bit. He never – they didn't even want him to come back, um, not because wrestling, but because it was virtual school, right? And he, they couldn't really train or anything out there. So he was actually just staying, and he was training in Madison a lot with Tristan. Um, and then, you know, they got the news last week, Thursday or whatever. Ma'am. Yeah. So some some good uh, – pretty talented guys. I'm sure they'll wind up – Yeah, those are all NCAA uh, qualifier – last been in the rankings guys um they i mean it could just be entering to see what's out there right now um and and go ahead and wrestle the season because it is a little late in the game to probably be transferring unless you just want to jump in second semester yeah probably yeah well the problem kyle i said with with i mean they didn't even have jackson coming back till mid-november sometime i i believe if i remember hearing him right um there you know it's all the classes were all virtual and i don't think they were even allowed to really do any training for the time being yeah okay hey so. russian nationals happened uh over the weekend as you know hopefully know there will be a uww world championships december 12th through 20th hey did and- usa wrestling announce whether they're going or not christian because that was supposed to happen last tuesday we thought we'd get at least a little bit of word negatory i don't think it's yeah, no word yeah i bet we'll get it next week if i had to guess Okay. I don't think we're sending a team either. Ah, uh, come on. Yeah. So does that upset you? Because that upsets me. Uh yeah. I mean, it's not worlds without us, in in my opinion. And I, you know, yeah. If, if Russia wasn't there, you know, but I, I would be very curious to hear USA Wrestling's justification because when the same governing body is, they hosted an event last weekend with. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids there. They're hosting an event I'm going to in two weeks, preseason nationals, which has 3,000 attendees, Christian. 3,000. Well, well, Europe, apparently, I'm trying to avoid all news, um, but apparently Europe is spiking somewhat. So We've been been spiked for the last four months. I I don't know. I I think, I don't think it's just, uh, I think the international travel plus Europe. I'm just telling you. Well, I'm just tell- I, I I'm pushing back, obviously, and I know you don't yeah. make the decision for USA Wrestling, but it seems kind of disingenuous for a governing body to ha- be hosting tournaments with three thousand youth kids and their parents, um, while at the same time saying we can't send thirty members of a delegation uh, and do it safely. To I don't believe where is Serbia is where it's at. Yes, yes, uh, I'll check, but I don't think Serbia has been hit very hard. Okay, okay. I'll Google for us. Go ahead. So, yeah, of of note with with the Russian team, what they're sending, I mean, basically all their ones were in the mix by and large, um, including Sajalayev. But the most notable result, I would say, would would be at seventy four, where Sidikov yep. goes down nine three to Sabalov. That match one. wasn't competitive. It wasn't competitive, Christian. Sabalov yeah, kicked was, his butt. Yeah. So then. 
Sabalov beats Sidikov, and then he loses to Zamolov. 5-1. So, yeah. some... Uh, and Zamolov, and, and that match wasn't all that competitive either. No, 5-1. In, yeah, I mean, one guy really controlled the match. Zam, Zamolov really controlled the match. And then in, in the Sidikov match, uh, Sabalov really controlled the match. What year did Sabalov win the Worlds? Because it was a while back. 14. Correct? 2014. 2014, yeah. And then and didn't Jordan, Burroughs always tell Sabalov, right? He he beat him good, and they last wrestled in 2017 at the in the World Finals, and Burroughs beat him pretty good. Yeah, it was good. I mean, the case. if I'm if I'm a USA, I I would love for Sitikov to somehow not be on the World and Olympic team because I think at his best. Although who knows with this Zamalov guy, he could be like the next the next generation, right? It's it's so deep yeah. there. He's young, right? Yes, he's young. I don't know how young. Yeah. I don't know if he's Russia young or just regular young, but I think he's young. All right, Christian, Google update. Serbia has a total of 36,000 cases, um, adding 300 yesterday. Comparative to just Wisconsin, which has 170,000 cases and added 3,700 yesterday. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, we might as well just send a team. All right. Well, they'll probably be safer. They'll probably be safer over there. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, it would be. I don't know. It's it's a it's a not an easy decision. I don't think. So I'm trying to find sure. Zamolov's uh, thing. So with Sitikov, you gotta think this uh, wedding issue is having an issue with his performance because he did not look good at all. I mean, no, he got dumped off three of his shots. I think right. Or four, His three. Last one, yeah. I, yes. He got dumped he, twice off that shot, but then he got dumped in the first period. Also, just it just like you know, and it's not like I'm a, uh, again. You don't get to watch a lot of these Russians, but of the matches I have watched of them in the past two World Championships, that was just something you you didn't see. And you know, when you're wrestling a guy like he wrestled Chimizo a couple times, like well, Chimizo is about as dangerous as it gets, and he didn't dump him like that. So, yeah, I, I thought that was. Um, kind of telling yeah something something's definitely going on there it's didn't did not look like the guy and sitikov's not old either he should st he shouldn't be on the downward trajectory i think he's super young right and I, yeah he's young i think he was like he might have been like 21 when he beat jordan or something like that yeah, i think he's like 23 23 or 24 christian yeah. he can't be on the downward swing then no no so w with that it's like all right well just got to figure it's something else. And I mean, part of me is like, does he really? Well, want I'll to tell you what, he just got publicly embarrassed yeah. at a wedding within the last couple of weeks. I mean, that was, I don't think it was a month ago. That's got to be freaking, oh my gosh, that's got to be so messing with your mind. I mean, you listen, some kids were telling me the day that they brought this Sitikov losing up at practice. I said, and they said, well, he dumped her. I said, listen, man, this dude was at a wedding. He thought, he was marrying the love of his life. He was going to walk down the aisle and say, I love you forever, baby. And then it got broke up. Tell me that don't mess with you. That messes with you. I don't care if you're the one who cut it off or not. Yeah. Of yeah. course. I mean, I I feel like, I think for Sitikov, one thing, him not making the team this year, if they go on, it, it could work out in his favor because this guy could go and he could do poorly at Worlds and they would say, okay, well, it's, oh. it's, it's sort of clear that he should Good go point, Christian. Um, but another thing that is, you know, when I, in 2016, when I fought off the hordes of 
fans that <laughs> did not want Frank Molinero on the team because they just didn't want it. They liked other people. Um, yeah. People often cited the Russian process for why they should, and you should send someone with a more proven blah, blah, blah. And Russia, Russia sends their nationals winners 95% of the time, I'd say a high percentage yeah. of the time. There are instances where they don't there. Sometimes they just say, Sagilive, you're our Olympian. Thank you for your service. We know you'll do well. Seems like a good move. Seems like a smart move. Um, yes. So they are in general, they, they honor the nationals. So on the one hand that, but on the other hand, you know, if, if Sitikov or if whoever goes to Worlds doesn't do well, they'll probably want to be a little more preferential towards Sitikov somehow in the process. Yes. Um, and it, Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, sometimes they'll use like the Continentals or a, tur a tournament as like another proving ground or opportunity. So I think it, it, there's Sitikov will have more than, more than enough options. And also, if Zamalov goes and wins, but America's not there, and you don't beat Jordan Burroughs or Kyle Dake to do it, they're going to be like, well, what does that really mean? Now, if he beats Shimizu, that'll, that'll probably be a feather in his cap. So there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of little things that could... That could so I feel like... I can't remember the name. I always forget. The Russians, I, I struggle with keeping their names in my head, Christian. But wasn't there a 50, what, 55 or 57? I don't remember what the weight class was at the time. Someone who always won nationals but really struggled at the Worlds, and they kind of kept him off the team purposefully. I mean, I feel like that's happened a few times where if a guy goes and he, he does not do well internationally, like they'll they'll attempt to keep that guy off the team because they know if he goes again, they don't think he's going to do well. Right? They don't like happen? Bogomolev. Um, I think it. I think it's probably yeah, him. There. Um, who I I love that guy. I think he's great, but he didn't do great at Worlds uh, a couple times after being like, you know, a favorite in many people's eyes. So he would be one. Yeah. Lebedev at the end there was not very productive, although I think he got a bronze in uh, 15. And then he had that crazy saga to get on the team in 2016, if you remember that, where that Russians rigged many aspects of trials to the point where Lebedev said he didn't even want to be on the team, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, so it definitely has happened at, at times in the past with the Russians where they've, they've kept someone off the team. Uh, what did you think about, uh, I watched one of his matches, but Romanov at 65, uh, it doesn't seem like the same guy that he was in the past. And it, it is really funny because some of these Russians, I mean, uh, I, I suck with names, Christian. The one that, like the one that beat Burroughs in 16 just disappeared. Like he's just yeah. gone. He wasn't old. He's just gone. Like gone with the wind. You never seen the man again. And it feels like this happens with some Russians where, I don't know if they, they get paid for the first time in their life and there becomes a disinterest in the sport, but um, man, they just, something happens and it is not what they were. I think Romanov has, I think that could be part of it. The dude already won the Olympics uh, in, in yeah. grand fashion. So that could be part of it. Other part, I just don't know if his body can do 65 day of really anymore. I think, mm, I think he's yeah. big and I think it's a problem. And I don't think he's big enough to go 74 and if you're an Olympic champion and an Olympic weight is messing around at 70, really uh, the thing you want to do. So I don't know. That's just my read on it. Um, but yeah, yeah, he doesn't seem like the same guy that really went. He went gangbusters through. He went, he went through the field. Yes, through it. And that was the second. Yeah. In 14, 
I'm pretty sure he won Worlds and just like chewed through it. If I'm yes, remembering correctly, he, he was really good. I think he just destroyed everyone. Then in 15 is when he got stepped over <laughs> on his gut against Navruzov, uh, the Uzbek. Yeah. I remember. Even, I, I, I started searching Romanov and then I clicked on his wife and she has her Instagram is both. She's both a model and she tells you how to pick stocks. What a fantastic mix of a woman. He's probably just so happy. He don't even need to wrestle. She's a model and she tells you how to pick stocks. Can you beat that Christian? You can't beat that. That's, I, <laughs> now I we see there's... one picture of her riding a horse and that's like completed puzzle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, two two professions. Takes all the boxes. I guess that's better than one. <laughs> okay, so oh, that's man. Russian nationals. I guess in general, did you have any other other thoughts? Anything you wanted to? Uh, discuss? those are the those are the two that popped out of me. That this the seventy four and sixty five. I guess one of the things I was just thinking as I was reading through the brackets too is, and I know said July was at eighty six for a couple of years, but man, seven uh, you know seventy four, which is kind of a little bit seventy and seventy four this year at the same time. Um, it is so insane how they've had so many different world champions at that weight class. And that's even despite Burroughs reign, right? Cause Burroughs has won a lot of world titles also yeah. there, but they still have four different guys who won world titles there. And then you go up to 86 and the, the production for them at 86 just hasn't been even close to what the production at 74 or 65 is. And that, that's kind of, that's always puzzling to me. Is it just like, okay, well that country doesn't produce people that size or what is the deal? Because They've been so successful at 74 and 65 with, with different guys. It hasn't been like one guy who's won a whole bunch of world titles. It's been different people coming through the mix, winning the world championships. But then 86, they haven't been the same. Yeah, let's just think about the from 65 to 74, the the champs they've had. They've had Rashidov, Chikayev, um, Romanov. Romanov. Um, they've had... Bave, Baev, Sabalov, Sabalov, Sidikov, and Kurbanaliev. Yeah. Was that seven, eight world champs in like? It's like eight world champs within ten, yeah, in a within really ten small kilos, area, ten kilograms. Yes. So yeah, they're really good. Um, in in that range, I don't know what it. I mean, if they had just convinced Sajulayev to stay at eighty six, I wonder how how it looks because it seemed like they'd have been okay at ninety seven if. Yeah. Um. Boltakayev had hung around. I mean, I feel like, I feel like Gadisov left left some good years behind him when he retired. But yep. when when Sajulayev comes up, the writing's on the wall, and you're basically done. Yep. But if he had stayed down, I think they'd have been okay there. But Boltakayev's now up at 125. Who knows what's happening with him? He, I think he no showed yes. it at Nationals. He's he's done, bro. Come on, he, he's been done. <laughs> but okay, yeah. you know, if he'd have been a 97 long term, he'd have been he'd have been a thing. Now maybe well, he if he got to keep taking his vitamins, maybe yes, he probably he definitely was a beneficiary of the gimmick, um, in my opinion. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, did he did he pop ever or no? Am I? I'm pretty sure that? he did. Um, he did. So that that's official. We don't need to guess. Yeah. Yeah, he failed a drug yeah. test at 2017 euros for hygienamine. Let's see what that is. Okay. <laughs> I bet it helps with hair loss. Uh, <laughs> um, oh my wait, gosh. So you know what the other I don't know what this means. Just don't even look at it, Christian. You don't go down that rabbit hole. Uh, man, the the other thing here is that, you know, kind of like we said with 
with Russia 86. With they, and they've been a little bit productive, but not as. But that's the one where it's like, how does America struggle so much at, what are you laughing at? I'm laughing at what hygienamine helps with. So what does there's, it help also, with? there's also interest in using hygienamine for weight loss, cough, asthma, heart failure, and erectile dysfunction. It covers oh, a lot of bases, guys. Of. You got more problems than we thought, bro. <laughs> well, who knows? Could have <laughs> well, just been for the cough. Could have just been for the heart maybe, disease. Maybe he has a heart. Fa- maybe his heart failed. I don't know. Did you see how tired he got? His at the heart Olympic? did look like it failed uh, at the Olympics. He rested his head upon Uemon's <laughs> shoulder, the official. Um. Oh my I, god. Yeah. So <laughs> the more you know, oh. it's it's apparently a pre workout. It's like got it. No, explode for the sniffles. Maybe I don't know. Um. So <laughs> sorry, I giggled. So. That's funny. So yeah, so but that kind of the the that makes me think of America struggling so much at uh, sixty five. You know, mm-hmm. when it's like I always feel like we have really good guys there, and we haven't got a medal in a very very long time. And that that one always like makes my head hurt how we haven't been able to do that because I feel like we've had a lot of really good representatives over the course of time. Oh, and then I got ADHD. So to go on, we forgot to discuss Metcalf episode three. Oh, get it. What were your thoughts? Uh, it was really good. Uh, you know, Brett, I, I guess I don't, I've never like sat down and had a really at length conversation with him. You know, I've been back and forth a little bit and, um, he was the same grade as my brother. So, you know, obviously I saw him growing up as well. Uh, I think it made him more human, more personal, more likable. Uh, you know, I loved how he was just very matter of fact about his struggles and failures. Like, you know, Hey, that's what it is. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, I always, you know, I would like to maybe dig deeper as a sports psychologist and always, you know, I always wondered how we always struggled at the world championships, um, and never got a medal like that kind of always blew my mind. Cause he was always really competitive with the very best guys. He just never was able to get over that hump for some reason. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people have wondered why that might be, um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think it's a psycho sports. I mean, my opinion, I, I think it was more, the issues were probably more technical than anything. Yeah. So on, on that note, you know, one of the things that my, uh, my brother has brought up a few times kind of in, I don't know if we're talking specifically about Brent, but other people also is like peak ever the, the oppositions peak form versus their current form, meaning that especially a lot of these Russians, they don't want need to get in shape for some of these non-Worlds tournaments. But at the Worlds, they're going to they're gonna try to be in as good a shape as possible, which, you know, for Russians, that's, you know, our, our bar is here, their bar is probably right here. It's a little lower. And so, you know, Metcalf maybe was highly reliant on winning by shape, and it was success, it was success, it was a successful tactic in non-Worlds competition, but then the guy just got a little extra in shape for Worlds, and he wasn't able to use that tactic quite as much. Maybe that was one of the reasons. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I don't know, towards the end, I think, well, you have to remember part of his senior level career was ball draw era from, you know, whatever, 2009 or whenever he was really in it through 2013 was ball draw that definitively would not favor him. The fact that a match could only be four minutes potentially. So then those were probably, you know, he graduated in what, 2010. So really his peak years were probably around that time, 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13. Those were yep. all ball draw area years, right? And 
typically when we see well, the, he got that gift against Freyer though in what 10 or 11 oh my gosh you know what's so funny there was, it was it was 2010 you know what's so funny is like that remember i told you that was the year where i lost and then i had to fight and i just left yeah, and i fine. like you guys don't there wasn't really video back then right well, like you couldn't that access on our that site room. i think it is yeah but okay but it probably went up like five days later or you're right i mean it wasn't really easy to find stuff back then yeah and so i mean if that was now if that call happened where you know people what twenty thousand people are watching live on the floor or whatever there's gonna be much more outrage than you know if it goes up three days later do you see what i'm saying it's way different for sure i mean and i think a couple i think the oh my gosh the I'm it watching really it. Bad. We're pulling it up right now. But um, I, I think social media helps with that. I mean, in, in terms yep. of it makes it a lot tougher to, to pull some. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to say there was shenanigans. It's just a terrible call. You just can't. Yeah. And you know what? The rules kind of make it so that that can happen. But we'll, we'll show you what we're talking about in case you don't know or haven't it seen was, Metcalf. It was but crazy. It was it was a, a mind-blowing ball draw execution. And... Um, yeah, but I, I think, you know, he referenced that it. it was like, yeah, it's maybe, maybe not a good call or something. I think he, he made mention of that Brent is, was insanely accountable about everything, all his losses, all yes. his very uh, self-aware. Cause he, I mean, even yes. in the Slater, uh, high school match, he was like, I thought it was a takedown. You know, I thought he had it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I, I, man, I, I really, all right, so we're pulling it up here. We yeah. Say, so this is 2010? Yes. 2010. Yeah, it was 2010. It was in like uh, Council Bluffs maybe or somewhere like – or what's right across the river from Council Bluffs? I think it was Council Bluffs, I believe. Pretty raucous crowd. Yeah, so <laughs> we got it's, – it's the ball draw for – Oh, Freyer. they let him have it. And they, they gave it to him. Point. Look at the – watch the official. No. He like – like so Freyer tries to drop down and touch the leg. Metcalf. Yeah, go, go, go back. Pull it back. He like the ref says no, no, and then awards one for Metcalf. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I understand mean, Fair doesn't even grab him. He doesn't even get a hold of him. It wasn't even close. And he gives him <laughs> yeah. one point. Oh wait, I think he's calling an attention oh, actually. Oh wait, no. But okay, but the second. Okay, hold on. That is. You're right. You're right. That's an attention. Watch the second one's almost as bad. It's I the believe. exact same. It's oh my gosh. The same <laughs> exact, <laughs> he he likes exact same legs thing. Up. Yes. Oh my gosh. That might, I think the last one was worse. Yeah. Frere goes off. Who's losing his mind? Frere. Yeah. Jamil Kelly. And I don't know. Who's the other guy? Oh, is that Pritzloff? That looks Lightner? like Donnie. Donnie. Pritzloff. Yeah, that's who it is. It's Pritzloff. You're right. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. That is not a good. <laughs> that's terrible. Well, in, in Brent's defense though, you pretty much had to cheat the clinch to win. You did. Uh, that's how so, you had to play it. Like, you might as well just cheat. Yeah. Um, I mean, no it's way like you're straight basic, up. Well, basically, you're trying to time the whistle absolutely perfectly. So he, he's going yeah. about it the, the right way. And for sure. Yeah. So uh, uh, that wasn't really the point of the, <laughs> the episode at all. That was just, <laughs> but it kind of did bring it back to light. Like, holy cow, it's, that's as bad a call as, yeah. as you'll see. And, uh, and the, go ahead, Ben. No, this is kind of off the last. Too bad. Well, I was the Metcalf thing. Uh, the last thing is like, I don't know that I feel like we, I got closure, and I don't know that I ever will, right? And I'm not entitled to it between Brands and Metcalf. Like, I feel like we got like a tiny snippet of what happened, and I don't feel like we got a lot of resolution to that conflict. I feel like it's kind of still in the air, and 
you know, I want conflict resolution. So I would like to, you know, I would like to sit them down and watch them talk and work it out and then give, give each other a hug at the end. But I don't know that's ever going to happen. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, is there, is there a major love loss? I mean, you, you listen to Tom talk about Brent, you listen to Brent talk about Tom, that it seems to be a lot of great feelings and, and respect there. And I think just because it didn't end maybe as smooth as any of them wanted, I, I think yeah. you can't eliminate the, um, you know, the entire relationship like that. And, and I don't think they would, sure. but it's uh, probably, probably won't be like it was unless Brent somehow winds up back at Iowa or something, which would be pretty freaking wild. Yeah. Mm. I thought the end was one of the best finishes of a film um, and just the perspective Brent has about his life and what he's been through. And, yeah. you know, there's no, you know, some, some people are very tortured by their losses and the things that they've experienced. And Brent has like, man, I had a great career and I didn't get what I wanted, but you can t genuinely tell that he is really basically unbothered by not being a world or Olympic champion. He, he is handling about yeah. as well as, as you could expect a person, which is yep. the exact opposite of how I would expect Brent Metcalf to handle it. Based on mm -hmm. what I knew about him in 2009, 2010, I was like, this is a person who will do something absolutely deranged if he doesn't get what he wants. That's why I was like, <laughs> that's why I, that's just what I remember thinking. And, and I really liked Brent at, as a collegiate athlete. I was just like, kind of because of how hardcore he was. And when he lost to Caldwell, I was like, dude, this guy, I can't imagine what he's going to be saying after this. And he's like, it's like one of the best interviews I've ever seen um, yeah, after he lost to Caldwell. I was like, I can't believe he faced the music. I was like, this guy's talking to people after this? <laughs> it's like, you just got, you just lost in maybe one of the biggest upsets in NCAA history. And you are facing the music in front of all these people. You totally don't have to do that. And you're doing it in a very... I found it to be, in general, very accountable way. He didn't. Well, he was pretty mad about the the backflip and all that, and you know they booing me, kind of thing. But um, yeah, it just it's funny how you get to know these people, and not that you know you do feel like you get to know the guy a little bit just watching that and learning yeah, about him. For sure. Um, yeah, it was. It's a. Um, it, it's a, it's one of the it's one of the best ones. I really enjoyed it, and uh, glad you did too. Hey, Christian, the other thing that uh, I'm kind of surprised we didn't bring up with the first sec Fresno State, and someone's talking about it in the chat, and I read about it, but Cal, uh, the uh, Pennsylvania schools are combining, but from, from what I read, it feels like they're they're only combining the administrative administrations, which is great because we need less administrations. Oh, my gosh. Uh, sorry, administration. <laughs> we need less administrators, yes. um, but... And it seems like the individual, the individual institutions will still stand on their own. It, it is what it appears, but Bloomsburg, Lock Haven and Mansfield are combining and then California, Clarion and Edinburgh. So each of those, each of those groups of three have two wrestling schools. Um, but it does sound like they're going to, they're going to still maintain their individuality while having the same administration. Well, that makes sense. Seems smart. Um, yeah. Less administrators. That that's what we all need. Less administrators. Yeah, Coach Coach Tirapelli was saying they're something like they have like ten athletic directors or something at Fresno. Oh yeah. 
Totally bananas. It's all colleges right now. It's ridiculous. I think Mizzou has like 20. Oh, my gosh. I know. Everyone has a bowl. Super necessary. And they need to justify their, their existence, obviously. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, man, well, hey, so I, I was going to read that. Sorry, I, I clicked on the wrong article, Christian. So it says, this move was proposed as a way to cut costs after years of declining enrollment under the plan that three schools would operate as a single university for management and workers, but keep their individual names. So I'm assuming that means they would still, athletically, they would still compete individually is what it feels like. Yes, which is good. Mm-hmm. You, wouldn't want, you wouldn't want to lose that. Um, oh, one thing, man, I forget how this tied into something we were talking about. Oh, 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 I remember. We were talking about how the, the Russians don't really um, optimize for all the events. They'll just kind of show up to some. And Sajulayev was talking about um, Kyle Snyder and his losses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he said, I think we will meet at the world championships. And Snyder defeats, I think, mean nothing. It's quite American. This is due to the fact that they fight in any tournament, in any form, but they're always ready for the World <laughs> Cup and the Olympics. So you can't write it off. I think is, uh, I think that sounds that's like a, a very, very respectful statement. I said, July. Yes, very respectful. And then, uh, how did you feel about David Taylor's comments on Instagram? I don't know what he wanted. His weight is small. Again, this is American. Look- <laughs> Again, this is American. They love the show. Apparently wanted to make money. But all this is not so interesting me, to me. The world championship is ahead, and no money can be compared with a medal of the world championship or the Olympics. Money is there today. Whoa. Tomorrow is not. But gold medals are history. Sad July of 2020. My gosh. Sad July is a freaking philosopher. I loved it. That's a, that's a freaking money quote. Uh, pun intended. That, we that we, that we was were really talking good. about it a lot in the office yesterday because Spade was like, I don't get it. Like, he should want the money. And like me and JD and Bader were like, well, that's not what matters to him. He's like it, yeah. his like legacy and what he leaves behind and what he means to Russia means much more to him. Yeah. Think about, I mean, think about, yes. Well, one, he's like, well, set for life probably for what. Okay. That, that's the done. point I was going to make Christian is that money's not an object. If you, if you, if you're good with the money. Right. But he's also he's not, not he's not like a chamizo that's just like flaunting all this stuff on Instagram. Like he's a very modest like farmer pretty much. But he, yeah. but he probably still has what he wants because I I mean from what I've heard obviously and what you guys have heard Russia takes care of their guys that win. And yeah. so he I'm sure he's very well taken care of and you know doesn't have huge monetary desires so it's probably like that part of him is likely fulfilled. Yes. Um I I agree with that. But I also I also think it's like, man, the best competitors. I think that is kind of what they they don't think about. I mean, Le- LeBron James has more money than he could ever spend, right? But it's all about yeah making uh, having a legacy. Think about Jordan, what, how fueled he was at the end there, right? Because um, because money's not an issue. They don't have to worry about it. Yeah, that. But um, yes, it's not an issue. I mean, it, listen, if you're like if you're a poor wrestler who is who's living. Check the check in America, which I'm sure there's many that fit that category, um, who have no savings, no retirement, and you're offered, hey, uh, a twenty thousand dollar tournament or a payday like that. That's really nice. Sad July, I'm sure he's being taken care of very well by the, the Russian government. I'm sure he knows he probably will be for life. And so, what's he got to worry? LeBron James, he doesn't have to worry about money ever. Uh, Michael Jordan, same thing, right? So these guys, yeah. 
when money is not an issue, they can't be driven by money. Okay, good point. Yeah. Um, but I just think but that was a fan, like for that was him, fantastic quote. It's it's just not like it really is more about medals. Even if even if he did, wasn't set and Russia wasn't going to take care of him, I think he really cares more about the medals and the legacy. I think have. I think Sajjali is a super old school mentality mm -hmm. guy, old soul. That's just my read based yeah. on things I've read about him. He seems like he's been. A, a hard worker his entire life. He's been, I don't know. But that's more of a youthful approach because I, I, I can, I, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm, there's a quote I'm trying to think of and I can't think of it and I can't think who said it, but so, something to the effect of legacy doesn't pay your bills. You know, of, of MMA fighters who fought in the early days who did not make a lot of money because there wasn't a lot of money. I mean, you know, they might have been making on the high end $50,000 a fight and now they're old and they're beat up. And all the fans love them, but that adoration doesn't pay their bills, right? And they still have this really hard life because they have a hard time paying their bills month to month. And so that legacy is great and all, but it doesn't help when they're 42 or 45 and retired. It doesn't help them pay their bills. So, you know, again, you can go back to Sedgulayev and listen, it's not all about the money. But when you have the money, it's easy to say that. It's, it's, you don't have to think about it when you're, when you're trying to scrape by. Uh, and obviously, you know, he's probably not, who knows? He'll probably be taking care of forever, but some guys when they're 27, they're not thinking of what their life's going to be like when they're 47. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Okay. So I thought that was it. Uh, a quote worth sharing. Very uh, good. Yes, I, I agree. So we did Russian nationals. want to talk a little bit with everything that's going on with, with new rule changes the the Penn State lineup, what we think it could potentially look like coming in this year, because obviously the lineup we were thinking it could be two weeks ago, yeah. to compared to mm -hmm. what it's likely going to be, is going to be um, very different, right? And so yes. I I honestly th I think we need to do a, a virtual whiteboard war with this one at some point uh -oh. because I think what, with who among among ourselves against no, who, Penn State versus Penn State versus oh who? Iowa. Sorry. Oh, but okay, so, hey, let me ask you a question because I, you know, I didn't know you were bringing up Penn State today, but since you did, I got to bring up this one match. Uh, and I tweeted at Kale yesterday. Dude, I, I went back and looked at Bryce Meredith's U.S. Open 20, December 2019. That one? Yeah. Dude, you must think really highly of Bo Bartlett. If they're putting him up against uh, Bryce Meredith, they must think he's really, really good. Meredith, I should go back and find it. Meredith had a really good tournament which ended with him losing to Molinaro in the fifth place match. Um, what, 7-6 six, six or 6-5, six, something mm -hmm. like that. But, man, he had a good tournament. you got to think, if they think that Bryce Meredith can beat um, – I'm sorry, if Bo Bartlett can beat Bryce Meredith tonight, that they think he's really, really – like good enough to beat Nick Lee or Roman Bravo Young, I would think. Listen, we're, we're going to be talking good about – we're going to be talking about Bo Bartlett tomorrow. That he's he is. You think he's that good? Yes. Really? Yes. We're gonna be talking about the, Bo Bartlett yeah, I, tomorrow. We're gonna be talking about him all year. I don't know what weight he's. How gonna do you know go. he's that good? What what inside inside information do you have? I've 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 watched him. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, he, we're gonna be talking about him tomorrow, and I think. So are you are you predicting he's gonna beat Bryce Meredith? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Really? Yes. 
Well, you're so sure about this. Why are you so sure? <laughs> I, I'm con- I, well, I don't know. Well, I'm just confident. I think I think Bo's. Damn it all. I think Bo's really really good. I think he, it'll be he or Nick Lee at 41, 49. I think he's going to be in the mix to place really high at either of those weights. Okay, hold on. I'm, I I went and found Bryce Meredith. Okay, so here's what Bryce Meredith did last year at uh, at the Senior Nationals. Okay, he tech falled Josh Saunders. He tech falled Dean Heil. Loses to Oliver. Tech falls Ethan Lezak. Tech falls Josh Saunders again. And while you might say, okay, that's only a high school kid he tech falled twice. No, let me good. read you the let me read you the rest of Josh Saunders tournament. Josh Saunders beat Dom Demas. He tech falled Nick Dardanes, and he beat Joey Laser, a Joey Laser who also beat Frank Molinaro that day. So, yeah. like. Bryce Meredith is really good. He's excellent. I thought he 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 wrestled as this is a guy's made NCAA finals, beat a lot of really good dudes. I thought he looked amazing at senior nationals. Yes, he's he's super super good, super good. Yeah. But, so I was like, I didn't really. I, I went back and looked because I was curious. Like, well, maybe maybe I'm misremembering, and I'm like, damn, he's wow. Okay, they must think Bo Bartlett's like really really good. Yeah. Um, I think that they do think that. Um, um, so one other match I'm interested in is like is uh, Kirk Blitz r- r- rolling back out there. Um, he's facing Demetrius Thomas. Demetrius Thomas just just beat Orndorff last weekend or two weekends ago, whatever it was. Um, I mean, if he goes and kills Demetrius Thomas 10-0 like he did to Hamida, I go, are you putting him in like rank number two in the NCAA or what are you doing? Is it a freestyle match? Yeah. Then no. But isn't it kind of irrelevant when he goes five takeouts? What this match will show you. He's already pieced up Jordan Wood at uh, U23 trials last year. He's going to destroy. He's going to tech fall him. I I think that's the expectation. Yes. Do you see what he did to Hamida? Hamida's really legit. Yeah, what did Hamida finish at the uh, fifth? Six. I'm looking it up. Six. He got beat by Chade. Oh my gosh, that's okay. right. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Hamida, Hamida only lost to Dom Bradley three to two. Because he got ran into the yeah, board. He, he got boarded. Bradley yeah. should have been doing two minutes in the penalty box. He got, che- that's boarded, he got checked bro. into the board. Yeah, that's, that's boarding. <laughs> All right, let's play it again. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, Tyler's got it. We got, dude. It oh, happened God. in a in a jujitsu freaking match too the other day. This, but this guy's a legitimate lunatic. His name's Tex okay. Johnson. He only hurts people. So, <laughs> well, yeah, you guys are Tex. What his do you Tex Johnson. He just straight up punches people in the face in the middle of jujitsu fights, <laughs> and then acts like he has no idea why he got disqualified. <laughs> uh, so, you guys are then. Um, I guess you guys are already putting Kirkwood in the NCAA finals against Gable, or what? Well, there's this guy. His name's Mason Paris, and he's okay ridiculous i mean i think so those saying, three are those three are on a different level than everybody else yes yeah uh, man uh, heavy i feel like heavyweight's on a different level than it's been in a while it's it's amazing it's an incredible incredible weight tyler's teasing us i think yeah. he's got it right he's got oh, it he's, you know, <laughs> oh he's got it. here we go he's not gonna pop. oh, oh. The backbreaker. <laughs> Dumb. those guys just love slamming each other into things <laughs> Oh, Tyler, thank you. Thank you for your service. That's fantastic. Yeah, there it is. Oh, oh man. Okay, love- one last one. You know my other heroes wrestling tonight, Carter Starokey. Does it tell us anything if he beats Devin Skatska? 
because Skaska is not great, but he's good. He's, he's he wrestled 86 kg, so he's a little bigger. Um, you know, he lost to Far in a relatively close match. Does it tell us anything if he loses to him? Yeah, or beats, sorry, beats him. Yeah, he's so. I think what um, what were so? What was the thing we were saying about Staraki? We watched him and we're like, this kid's got it. Whatever it is, he's yeah. got it. He's really good. But you look at his the guys he got to face, and it's like, all right, well, not a ton of rigor there. So Skaska yes. is definitely a guy we were like, all right, this dude is really legit, top eight guy throughout his yeah. career. If he can go with him, and be, I think I think he's going to beat him, right? I think it's going to kind of validate mm -hmm. the conversations we've been having around him, and I think that's going to happen. I think he's going to. I think he's going to beat Skaska somewhat soundly. So Skatska uh, wrestled at Senior Nationals. He beat Austin Crazier first round, then lost uh, straight matches to Lujan and, and Brett Farr. Yes. So I, yeah. I think he'll probably, I think he will win. Um, so yeah, excited um, to see these young bucks scrap throughout the year. Man, there's a lot of people in the chat who are thinking that Meredith's going to win. All right, well, we'll see you tomorrow. Oh, the other one that... Uh... Yeah, John Kozak's right. Our intro to the show should be Bradley Hamida. Like to get people fired up, ready to go. Yeah, every, that'll do every it. day. Um, wait, Kale said, "Who's the hardest worker he's ever had?" I don't know. This is my buddy, my buddy John in the chat. Actually, I call said I that, call uh, BS on that because they literally had Bartlett? to tell Nick Suriano to stop working out. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is true. They had to like change Nick Soriano's like badge and key card to lock him out of the thing. Lock him out. Yeah, like sneak That's in. That's true. Yeah. Um. Well, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder who's is he talking about Staraki, uh, or or is he talking about Bartlett, or is he talking about should have been more people. specific. <laughs> um. Hey. Could be uh, about uh, oh gosh. <laughs> Colton Schultz, can Colton Schultz figure out this folks out there and get in the mix? Because, oh man, um, I hope so. Yeah, because I mean he's so good at Greco, and he was obviously really high level in high school. But we haven't seen him. I don't think we've seen him in a folkstyle match against any of these dudes, have we? Okay, he. Okay, there was. An I know he lost one match last year, but other than that, I, I'm trying to think back to high school. He might have beaten Kirkfleet in like a random NHSCA duels thing. I could be completely really? misremembering. Could be completely misremembering. I think he had a really big win over one of the guys at uh, but I just can't remember. I don't think we had it, but I think it happened. Um, got it. Could be misremembering, but I think that it was something along those lines. Someone might know in in the chat. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean Schultz. He certainly could be. There's an element of, of mystery as we haven't seen him a ton, and he's been really high level at Greco. I think he's going to be more of a more in the Cassiope Hilger kind of tier than that's what I'm saying. Cassiope Hilger. Most years would be right there to challenge or win win an NCAA title, and uh, you know I feel like they're all a step back from those other three that we've mentioned, which says a lot about how deep that weight class is. I mean, it's just three. I think they're probably in, in eight to 10 months. We'll say this is three, probably world-class guys. I mean, Gable is already yeah, literally world-class. I mean, the Mason and, and Gable are unquestionably. So, right. I mean, yeah, they are on, say. they're on the level. I mean, you don't win that many age level championships between those two and not be, 
world class. And then, you know, Mason follows it up by really running through senior nationals. And then yep. there is some projection with Kirkfleet, but I think it'll be validated within the next year or so that he's yeah. on that level, right? And this 100%. is a guy, and yeah. he went 3-2 with Gable in high school, a year younger than Gable. Um, and smaller at that point. Smaller, he bumped so up. He was just in... 215 or 220, whatever the high school weight class is. Yep, 220. So with, with that, I, I think it's just a very so special jo special class. Joe, we got, we had some act activity in the chat. So uh, John Veal specified that it was Carter Starocki, and then Ooh. Justin Bosch, uh, who's got a podcast, said Kale was on his podcast, and that's what he said. Well, there you go. And then Kozak said Colton Schultz has the biggest neck in the NCAA. He does by far. <laughs> is it really can we can we get a, a measurement on that yeah now that don bradley's not around it's going to be colton schultz okay <laughs> all right no uh, so anyway i i think maybe we'll just use this as a uh as a tee up for tomorrow and we can do a, a full whiteboard war but i i think Penn we're doing a whiteboard war why not? What else we got to do? We'll talk about Super 32. Super 32 is coming. I mean, listen, I'm excited. Uh, you know, I was kind of getting depressed about some of the, like, non-wrestling happening last Friday, some announcements of high school stuff, getting sad. And then I got to watch a whole weekend of wrestling. Uh, you know, we were, my guys were competing, and it was just really enjoyable. And then I got really excited about the next two weeks because we got Super 32s. It's going to be so much fun. And then we have uh preseason and then two weeks later we have uww juniors i was freaking i'm pumped you're jacked but you're not you're I'm not jacked. going to myrtle beach right you acted like um i'm not i'm not going that's is that when you said you didn't get selected to go yeah. Bo you're... boston pick them to go <laughs> kicked, kicked out <laughs> that was my yeah, favorite we, we, i think we have five coaches going though i mean we I, we have like 33 guys going from our club like oh it's my gosh be wild. yeah it's packed y'all gonna have a whole whole floor at the red roof what well, we, I think we got a couple Airbnbs. Is what I believe we ended up doing. No, I'm um, pretty sure dude. it's a red roof. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Christian Biles is our travel agent. Um, we actually had a lot of guys uh, pre-qualified this year. I think right around 20. But then, for whatever reason, in the past, we've had no luck getting extra guys in. You know, like you know what I'm saying, where they do the pre-registration yeah. period, pre-qualified, and then they open it up. We've had almost no luck previously getting people in. And this year, I think we got like eight extra people in or something like that. So I think we have like 31, 32 uh, people going to Super 32. So it's, it's going to be awesome. I'm really that's, excited. That's awesome. Are there any uh, – why don't you put some extra pressure on some of your guys and uh, make predictions for how they'll do? No, I'm not going to do that. I, I think there's – listen, I'll, I'll tell you. I think there are – we don't have very many people in the national rankings right now, but I think we have, I mean, we've had two guys who beat their first national rank guy at the AWA duels. We had uh, two guys who beat their first national rank guy last weekend at the USA club duels. So we got a lot of guys who are kind of like right under that radar where I think they can make that step up. Now, super 32 is the toughest tournament. I, I think in my opinion, toughest high school tournament that there is. Why and none? so, yeah, I really think so. So I think there's, you know, this is the weekend that a handful of these guys can kind of make their mark and and step up to that level uh, where they're going to get their names in the national rankings. That's awesome. Um, yeah. With with the guys you got going, do you feel, compare year over year, do you feel like they're just as prepared as they've been, you know, going to Super 32 last year with 
the training restrictions if if there have been yes. any we yes. really haven't had much up here um so yeah no they're ready and actually i think i i would say at the club duels uh last weekend uh we were i don't say we were gassing everyone out but we were definitely i feel like the better in shape team and as the matches went on our guys were were having more success um you know, and something we saw, I think we saw at uh, who's number one is it did look like, you know, we had those few injuries and it looked like there's been some guys who maybe didn't have ideal training regimens. And we know in New York, New Jersey, there are some states which are significantly more locked down and those guys are having a tough time finding really good training. So, yeah, I felt like we were really prepared. I feel like we're really prepared and uh, this week and I'm, I'm excited to see all the matches. You got, is it because you guys train in those uh, altitude training masks? We do not train. We're not training those. Um, you know, but the thing is, I was just telling someone about this last night. Super 32 is so freaking deep. I remember one of my guys who's pretty good, he lost on, the, you know, he won a few matches and then he lost on the front side. But, you know, it goes like round of 256. So you could win like two or three matches and still be like in the round of 32 or something. Yeah. You know, like not, it's not like you win two matches, you're in the quarters. And he went in the wrestlebacks and he lost a 2-1 match to some, some guy and I was really annoyed. I thought he was just some bum from Virginia. And it turned out he was Colin Girardi, uh, who's just <laughs> I think he's a starter at Virginia Tech now. But it's like mm -hmm. there's there's so many guys like that who are like also under the radar who are really good. And you it's so you gotta be ready for every single match, Super 32, because the brackets not only are there a lot of high end talent, but it's really, really deep as well. Yeah. No, it's it's uh it's quite just looking at the previews. All the names of, of notable guys. It's not just the ranked dudes. Like how long the lists are of, of guys to watch too. And you have to be yes. pretty freaking legit to just have your name down. So yeah, a lot of, I mean, the bar is crazy. I, I you know, there were only, there's only one kid I was ever like, yeah, you should see how you do. You should, you should try it, right? See what happens. Like he won or did really good at the qualifier. I think he won like a super 32 type of thing, qualifier. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's try it. He went one and two, like barely won. The match he won, he almost lost. And it's just like, and the guys he loses to are go on. They like lose the next round. So you're like, oh my, it's just, it's very eye opening. Seriously. You know, this kid was this undefeated state champion type of guy. And um, it just, yeah. How good the, the, the brackets are is insane. I mean, what, one of the things I would say as a college coach to that, the super 32 is very telling in is that, you you know sometimes it was a duel or something you got to put one match together and beat a good guy right but this term you see who get put match after match after match you know who has that really consistent performance because you you guys know there's got some guys who they're up and their their high end is really high you know they be but their low end is really low they can lose some really bad guys and so at super 32 what you have to be able to put consistent performances together you can't have this up and down type of performances because you're you're gonna lose. There's just no doubt about that. The, the low end talent there, or the low end skill level guys, are not all that low. Yes, very true. And I think to run the gauntlet, you have to have a number of competencies, right? You've got to be able to yeah. get away from an elite rider, get out of legs. Some guy, everyone's you're gonna hit almost every different skill set yes. along the path. So if you have a major vulnerability, it'll get exposed, and you'll probably lose. Yeah. I agree. Chip the Ripper won Super 32. Scott Ross. Did he really? Memphis. Oh, yeah. He won. It was 20, uh, 2013. Who'd he beat? 
Um, I don't know. I don't. I just remember he won. Got it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so, wanna wanna switch up to some questions? We can, go questions. we can go questions. Yeah, tomorrow we can talk about some some of the Penn State guys. I am very interested to see how legit Bo Bartlett is and Kirkwood and Soroki. I'm interested to see those ones. We'll talk about that. And then I'm I'm pumped. I, I don't feel like maybe you guys should do this, but make predictions for Super 32. I don't feel like I'm in touch with the high school level enough to make good, accurate predictions, but I would like to hear someone else do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tip Nesby, Derek White, by the way. Derek White. Derek White, the heavyweight? Yeah. The future heavyweight, I mean. Four to two. At what, 189 or something? 195. 195. Got it. Ben has no idea. Why did I just, I just said old high school weight class? I know. You've been sitting. Where did that Where did that come from? I don't know. You also did that with uh, Kirkfleet's weight. You're like, was that 215 or 220? 215. Oh, uh, that, that one's excused. That one's excusable. No, I said, who knows that's that an excused absence, Ben. Sorry. Um, you know what? It, it, they, not that I want to cut opportunities, but I, I wouldn't mind. We could stay at fourteen weight classes, which I know some people don't agree with. They want it less. I wouldn't mind if they did take out one upper weight and threw one back in the middle because those middle weights are so deep, and the upper weights are not nearly as deep as the middle weights are. Uh, if you look at the curve of kids, it's definitely a bell curve, and there's way more kids in that 32, 38. 45, 52 range is just so deep compared to the upper weights. Yeah, the the 220 and the 195 and the 82 all being – yeah, I don't – Yeah. I did not like it when that came out. And those were tougher weights to fill, and you got 82s going 220, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was never good. Okay. Uh, Dan Seifring, by my count, there are 13 D1 schools that don't have football. Are these programs at more or less risk of being cut, or do you feel there's no correlation to having a football program? Well, so it's, thir- it's thirteen Division One wrestlings that don't have a football. Is that what he's saying? Right. I think they're in better shape. I mean, yeah. Look at the last three that have dropped. All have football programs, and they're all trying to save money because they're losing money because the football season was in doubt. Um, yeah. O- ODU's conference played football, and they didn't even play. Really? Are the California yeah. schools playing football? Or they're probably yeah. not, right? No, they're coming back. They're playing foot. The California colleges are playing football. Yes. Like currently, like right now. No, they're getting ready to. They're they're practicing right now. You're gonna start football in November? Yes, they are. What's the Pac-12 their, what's their is. Plan? They, they Pac- Christian, they need a Pac-12 plan. You need playing, to help them. Pac-12 they need is playing plan seven Brad games. Game. Big Ten, ha- Big Ten came back, so Pac-12 had to follow. Yeah, they can only do what, what the Big Ten does, or they get in big trouble. But so, when are they starting? November 6th. And so they finish, like, in January they're or something? Do- no, they're doing, like, seven games, so they'll finish mid-December. Can they seven win, like, in- the national title, though, with seven games? They'll be, like, and the playoff committee's not going to not consider them, but they're not going to make it. Wait, there's, playoff, there's playoffs this year? Yeah, yeah, there's gonna be like the final four. Or there's a fi- it's a final four. They do a semi. You guys know then... I only pay attention to wrestling. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. I'm so ignorant. So there, there's a <laughs> committee. There's a committee that down like the last okay. month of the season ranks the four top, uh, top four teams, and then at the end of the year, one plays four, two plays three, winner play, winner of those games play for the national championship. Okay. The Pac-12 can technically be considered for the playoff, but 
I don't one, I don't think any team is good enough to make it. And two, I don't think any team will go undefeated or like they're 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 so far off the radar right now. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know how to answer this question, hopefully Ben. But uh from Ben Sisteric, what are we supposed to do if even Gaethje gets smashed by Khabib? I don't know what we're supposed to do. Um that there's a definite possibility that that's going to happen. You, I don't know what this guy's issue is, but does he realize Khabib's really, really good at fighting? Yeah, he's maybe one of the best to ever do it ever, right? But yeah, Un- I mean, undefeated. He's, he's absolutely in the conversation of GOAT. Some people would probably argue against him for a few reasons, but he, he's absolutely in that in that category. Um, man, you guys should watch. There's this video that I, I think it was BT Sport made yesterday. I put it on my Twitter. It was so good about Khabib and his father. Ooh, I I almost teared up. I didn't tear up Christian. I almost did. It was very good. You should watch. Oh it. man, that'll that'll be yeah. right in my wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> no, for real. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know a ton about fighting, but I know that guy is super. I mean, he he embarrassed Conor McGregor. I remember that. Yes, that was that was not competitive. That was a dismantling. I don't know why Conor would ever take that fight again. He will never beat him, in my opinion. I don't. I don't think ever, ever. So why take it? He's gonna box Stop. Manny Pacquiao apparently. Hey, he's full of crap. Guys, very Connor's. Yeah, he's jumping the shark now. Really? He's still very yeah. popular though, right? Of course, but but people are starting to get more and more sick of his shenanigans. And you know, one of the things one of the things that I believe, and and I'm not the only one. There's other people, smart people, who said this. Um, is that, you know, in his lead up to building that huge amount of popularity, one of the things that the UFC allowed him to do was act like he had power, act like he called the shots. And that definitely contributed to a lot of his fame and a lot of how much people thought of him. And now they're doing the opposite, right? He's saying, oh, I'm fighting Dustin Poirier on December 12th. And they're saying, mm, for charity, no, you're not. And then he's saying, well, I'm fighting Dustin Poirier. It's in AT&T Stadium. Dan's saying, eh. That's not going to happen, you know. So they're now they're kind of like pulling his power away. There, I don't want to say they're embarrassing him, but you know, Connor's coming out here with these really bold statements, and UFC said, "Yeah, right, get lost." Yeah, you know, and I think that that really hurts a lot of the mystique. Yeah, I think so. He when you're when you posture that you have this power and it's like revealed time and time again, you don't. It's not the best look. Um, not the best look at all. Okay um do 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 let's see another oh what do you what do we know about eighth grader pj duke beating steve opulin recently i don't know if we ever talked about this but this definitely i heard happened. rumors but i don't know anything it happened about it. we didn't because i believe it happened the same weekend as senior nationals um yeah i think you're exactly right but it was at, Where was it at? buxton's duels i think um okay there's apparently results were kept on paper love it um someone had ah! Someone had a YouTube video of it, but the video is listed as private, so you can see it, but you can't watch it. Wow. What a tease. Um, I believe it was Hold seven to three. Um, Dang. What? PJ wow, Duke good, huh? made history. Where in uh, New York is he from? I don't know exactly where. I believe he's an Empire yes, he's Academy a, guy, New though. New York metro area. Um, but he, he made history last year. He won. He was the first seventh grader to win New York State's. Um, Wait, that's possible? I thought you can wrestle the seventh grade. I thought only an eighth grader. You can. You can do seventh grade. Really? In New York. Yeah. I did not know that. Okay. He he wow. won it at 99 pounds. Okay. Um, but he was wrestling 113 this weekend at Super 32. 
and I, I really think he can win. Wow. Obviously, if he's just beating Steve-O, he yeah, can he, win. He beats Steve-O. Yeah. Is Steve-O going to be at Super 32? Uh, I don't think he's so. not at 113. I know that because I did that. I did that preview. I don't think he's entered though. Yeah, I don't either. Hmm. Yeah, so that's. I mean, there's another star. I mean, you got Mason Gibson, who's going to be a ninth grader. He won Super 32 as an eighth grader. Now we could have another eighth grader win. Yeah, the um, there'd never been an eighth grader won until Crookham did in 17, I mm-hmm. think, and then Gibson did last year, and and now PJ Duke will will try to do it again nice. this weekend. It's, it's, I cut. I kind of love that the results are just kept on paper um, a little bit. You know, part of me obviously wants to see see it like you guys do. But then part of me likes that, you know, I feel as though not every high school match needs to be built up into the spectacle. Now, it's good sometimes, obviously, yeah. right? And they want to feel that pressure. But other times, like, let's just show up and wrestle. Actually, is I think Izzy and I are going to do some type of, like, scrimmage exhibition where, you know, we're not going to video it and there's not going to be results anywhere. It's just going to be, hey, let's get our guys some matches. Let's show up and wrestle each other. And I think that's kind of, I don't want to say, it's kind of important to just have those uh, low pressure, let's get together, let's scrap type of matches. Yeah. No, I, I think there's something something to that for sure. Um, need to have that some opportunity for, I don't know, there, there's just a, there's a development aspect, yes, right? And mm-hmm. I think development should be able to happen, you know, somewhat privately or without you know, fear yeah. of yes. like what, what the match 100%. means. But it's tough when, when you build a reputation for yourself, it's sort of, yep. sort of difficult. So mm-hmm. city wrestling guy, who will be Russia's 74 kilogram rep? I think it'll be Zamalov. Um, I think they, he, he beat, he beat the guy that beat the guy 2020. Uh, it's going to be a different sort of scenario. Um, and I don't think he's going to have like, normally they would have their nationals and they, then they would send guys to euros and then kind of use that as, as Intel. But I don't think there's going to be anything like that. They're just going to probably have maybe a couple tune up, a tune up tournament or something. That's the young guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you look at like, when I was looking at his database, he won, he was second at junior worlds and he won U23s. Like this is what Russia does. Yeah. It, they work them up through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if he was uh, a junior in 2018, so that means he was, you know, 20 or under. So well, come on, Christian, you think they care about age when they're considering those those brackets? <laughs> um. Well, okay, it puts him in the range of 20s from from 20 to 23. <gasps> He's, well, He's somewhere, somewhere between, between 20 and 25. <laughs> yeah, uh, 19 and 27. <laughs> yeah. He he maybe could rent a car if he were in America, or he maybe yeah. would not be able to. Uh, we don't oh know for gosh. sure. Um, but he's you know he's not as old as Gabe Dean, who you won't stop calling thirty. Ben, he could be Gabe Dean's age but, actually. Yeah, he could be. He could, could be Gabe twenty six. Yeah, he could be Gabe Dean's thirty one. <laughs> Why does Gabe Dean get older every show? It's a reverse Kyle Dake. Yeah, he's re- is he reverse Kyle he reverse Daking? Daking? This year. Yes, reverse Daking. <laughs> Hope that's a term that that um, we continue to use. Okay, that's going. Thank you. Who has the best underhook offense in the game? Well, in the game, we're talking about in the American in the game, game today. or the international game. What are we I, talking about? Take it whichever game you want. Um, uh, 
think in America, <sighs> the best underhook is probably in freestyle. Is it? Well, could be Dake, although he's not Dake's as got a good, Dake's he's got a good not idea. as reliant as someone like Joe Cologne is, who has a really, really. But Joe so Cologne last time has to go to he has to go to double underhooks most of the time, so that's not underhook. That's double. Oh, okay, that's a good point. I kind of feel like so if want... Gilman's got a good underhook. Very good, very good mm-hmm. underhook. Who else? Jaden doesn't. Kyle doesn't really. No, the heavyweights mm. really don't. Usually they, heavyweights are the ones with the underhooks. David really doesn't use it a lot. He can, well, he kind of uses a lot of everything. He's more collar tie. So he doesn't. Ringer's got a really good underhook. Ringer's got a good underhook, yeah. Very good. Oh, Nichols so, got a good underhook. Yes. Uh, so in the game, who are we going to declare the best underhook? It's easy to say. Dick, I'll, go, I'll go with Gilman. Well, you know, Miles, Miles Martin's got a really good underhook as well. When he, when really? he uses it. Mm-hmm. Kind of an underrated aspect. I, I think uh, he's pretty good with it. Okay. Here's a question that definitely only Ben Askren can probably uh, answer. It's very technical in nature. Watching Russia. This is from Actual Cannibal, which I don't think it's the <laughs> We're best. Still... We're still indulging this guy. that He's literally just eats people, but here we are. Um, it's a good question. Oh, we forgot about Imar. John Veal's on fire today. Oh, yeah. He's great. Outstanding. John Veal. Yeah, that's Crushing definitely it. a big uh, forgotten one. And yeah, Yazdani is definitely the uh, answer internationally. Sorry, he just melts everyone with it. Seriously. Except, Except David Taylor. Except David Taylor, who melts him. But he Un- sometimes... Unmelt- wait, hold on. Sometimes he gets pre-melted. He gets the thawed a little bit by the underhook. But then Yazdani gets so tired, then he's completely... Yeah. He liquefies. I mean... In David's that hand. World Cup match, it was World Cup, right? Where Yazdani just threw David around for three minutes. It was like, holy shit, is this happening? Like, this dude <laughs> was just punking David Taylor. Like, what is going on right now? And then all of a sudden, he melted. It was wild. He did melt. Dude, David almost got cautioned out. He could not yes. stay on the mat. It was like, it's one of it those things. A... That's kind of when the cautions was... are sort of ridiculous. It's like. Believe me, David does not want to get backed out in an underhook. There's like sometimes not a lot of chances. That or, that was crazy. That match was wild. Yes, that was wild. And then he pinned him, baby. So here's the question from an actual cannibal. Watching Russian Nationals, I noticed a lot of guys have trouble finishing low-level singles in the metal matches. Seem like they get in and put shoulder pressure high on the back of the calf and hang on while the other guy kicked out. Why not shelf it or come back Iranian style? Is there some Russian thing I'm missing? So he's saying, when why? Let me read this again. Sometimes I have a sometimes auditory and I need to like see yeah. it happen. Seems like they'd get in, push all the pressure high on the back of the cab, and hang on while the other guy kicked out. Why not shelf it or come back? Because someone good is not going to let you attack above the knee, right? When I'm defending a single leg and they get the corner on me, I can't let them have my knee. If they have my knee, they're going to win the position, right? So someone good is not going to let them have the knee and it's going to force them down down below the knee. And from that position, it is hard to score. And, and it, the Russians are very slick from that position with you know what I call a Hamlin where they spin, the kickaways, uh, where maybe they go over the body and they end up in a crotch lock. They, they have a whole bunch of options from there. So... Yeah, I mean, when you're cut, it's just like uh, when I was shooting singles on Chris Pendleton, he was so good with that shin wizard. When you shoot a single, if the if the defending guy 
is really good at getting you off their knee. It's really hard to stay on their knee. I mean, ideally, technically, that's what you do. But being able to say it and being able to know it are different than being able to do it. And being able to do it against someone really good is really, really hard. You think of, you know, another guy would be um, Mason Paris is really good there, uh, getting mm-hmm. them below the knee and then spinning on them. Uh, what's, oh my gosh, Bajrang. Bajrang. Yeah, I, kept, I was thinking Yasnani. Bajrang is really good from there. Um, yeah, I think just defensively, and I think defensively when someone shoots a single on me, they're not going to capture my knee. They're just not, right? I'm going to get them off my knee, and then I'm going to have a handful of options of, of what I'm going to do. So I think it's just a position that defensively, um, it's better. It's better to, it's easier to be good defensively than it is offensively. And so I think that's the answer to the question. Okay. That's why I, I can't I can't stand all these uh, and I don't know the actual cannibals, but some of these hard old coaches are just like this is what you do, and it's just like, I, I mean I I get that's what you do in theory, technically that's the correct thing, but now like doing it on a really high level guy is another thing, and so some of these some of these coaches are they're way too too tough to admit that you know in theory understanding a technique and then executing on someone really good are two totally different things, and that kind of frustrates me sometimes. Well, what what you have to remember is like not everyone's e- even equipped to solve that problem for their guy. Like if you could see a yeah. problem and you would maybe maybe even probably be able to figure it out and I could see it and I'd be like, "Yeah, I see what he's doing. I really don't know how to how to fix that." So it's easy to kind of anchor back to the things you do know. But yeah. you got to well, be humble. But it's just too. that self awareness, Christian. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the self awareness thing. I would love you to go capture the knee and shelf it up. But in reality, you like me. I'll just say with myself: me capturing Chris Pendleton's knee and shelving it up. I don't think that ever happened. Not once. I shot a lot of single legs. I don't think I ever captured his knee and shelved it up. Now, would I have loved to capture his knee and shelf him up and score an easy takedown? Yeah, I would have. Right? It just didn't happen because he was really good defensively from that position. And so, you know, that that's where I go. That then tactically. It's like, and this could be a lot of different things, but you shoot a single leg and some guy is really good there. Well, stop shooting single legs. Do something else, right? Snap them down, shoot a double leg, go use an underhook to score a high level single, right? Go to a high crotch. You know, yeah. tactically, you have to attack them in, in a manner that's different than the one that they want you to. I wish I could figure out why the, the Europeans and Russians can just kick out with such ease. It's just so yeah. bizarre. That how easy they make it. They make it look. I don't. I don't know what it is they they are. They do. I've asked people and like explain it to me. I think I asked Tony Ramos before because he was having. Um, there, there were guys he would get to that single and they'd be able to kick out on him. I'm like, what's that like? What are they doing yeah. there? And, um, it, I don't really understand it, but. Yeah, I this this was a com, kind of a common theme with uh, my so I had a lot of college guys in, in the room this summer because they couldn't train with their colleges, and this was a common theme that we we talked about a lot is like it's easy, it's easy, but it's not easy, right? So Bajrang, he's so good at spinning, and for me, I can I can explain to you technically how you should do that, Christian. I get I get it right, and I can explain to these high schools technically how they should do it. But there's very few people, especially non-heavyweights, right? Because heavyweight, you can put a little more force there, so it's a little bit easier. Um, he's a 145 or 143-pounder. He gets that move so frequently, I can't really explain. It just, he just has a feel for it. He There's just something, a little movement he's making that he probably can't even verbalize 
that's making that really, really successful. And so to my guys, it's like, listen, I can tell you how to do this. You just got, you got to get a feel for it. You got to yeah. feel it out. You got to get in there over and over and over and over again and, and just, you know, feel it and tweak it and be critical of yourself and, you know, just keep doing it over and then find that rhythm and then you get it, you know? And so it's like, Bajrang's not really doing anything that's all that different. There's just some little minutia of what he's doing that, that, and he probably can't even explain it that's different than everyone else. And that's why he gets it so frequently. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's common. I think I mentioned that even last Thursday about Mako and his foot sweep. It's just like, that's a great one. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, bring the back, bring the back step and bring the foot forward and trip. But like, that's not what he was doing. And I've watched him because I remember just watching him hit it so many times. I was like, how does he do it? This is amazing because it's like, it's such an incredible move because there's such low exertion. It's so easy. He's finishing would literally just fall on top of the guy in general. So I'm like, how does he do it? And I watched and I watched him even teach it. I'm like, okay, that's not it though. That's there's something else that he does that I think to your point, it's like, yes, maybe he doesn't even, there's just some innate feel um, yeah. that he has. Yeah, you know, the theory of it is collar time. You foot sweep them. They ain't so hard. Yeah. But then, you know, like, hey, go execute it on national champion level people. And, you know, who else has? Who else has it with such frequency? And the answer exactly. is nobody. Yeah, nobody. nobody. I mean, even at the senior level, you don't see in the women's wrestling, women's wrestling, you'll you'll see it, it at a high level. But um, you don't see it much in like Helen's got an amazing foot sweep. A couple a couple of our of our ladies yeah. do. But, man, at the senior level, you just don't see it. You do not see Foot sweeps in general. Um, hey, so I just got a text, and I'll just read this. Uh, okay. At this source, I, I don't know how reliable they are. It was Perfect. seven to five, Duke. Steve-O was winning five to three and dominating the match, but starting to backpedal a little. Had Duke's leg up in a single with 30 seconds left, and Duke hit Steve-O with the defensive ankle pick for two and two. Steve-O had two takedowns and was in several other times. Duke is excellent, but Steve-O lost the match by losing focus at the end. Okay, so late win for PJ. Interesting. So that's that's the text I just got. Okay, cool. They must have the secret code that Kyle doesn't have to get the private YouTube video. Yeah, dude. Come on, Kyle. Well, they said they put it in private. Someone made it private after they uploaded it. Mm. Interesting. They, they saw that someone uploaded it and then made it private. You know, thinking about, um, you know, someone who really never gets to have a match that's just a match. Uh, in high school is Steve-O. Like this kid was famous as a third grader. That's true. And yeah. I bet he has been in a, a, the spotlight ever since, right? Eighth grade, seventh yep. grade, on, on up through. Sure. He's, I mean, the great thing is he has, in spite of that, been absolutely outstanding and yes. a great wrestler. But that, Mm-hmm. I I bet that's that has to be tough. That every single match, I'm sure there was a huge crowd of people around that match and this very innocuous duels thing. But they knew that match. They knew Stevo, this young eighth grader, uh, against him, and um, there was a very it's it's put him in a ton of high pressure situations, which I think is probably overall to his benefit. But it's got to be tough. Agreed. Okay. Uh, it's 9.42. Deep in the heart of Texas. I got to take a piece so bad, Christian. <sighs> You've been doing I good two, re- recently. I had oh. two cups of coffee this morning. That That's the issue. So you go. So you don't um, see a lot of people here, here in Texas. They'll get a cup of coffee. They'll drink it. Then they'll refill it. You just get two cups. 
Christian, you realize I can't, once I sit here, I can't go. You know what? I should, oh. I, I, you know what I was thinking? I could probably put a coffee pot right here. Uh, I have a little stand right next to me. I could probably put a coffee pot right here and then I could just pour my coffee while we're, while we're on the show. I got really scared. You were going to start talking about a way that you could pee while on the show. And <laughs> you're like, you know what? I could put it right here. I was like, please don't say some sort of bucket or. Dude. So they put, they tried putting a catheter in me. Uh, oh, well, they no. did put a catheter in me when I got my hip done. Sorry. And they told me I was going to keep it for 24 hours. I said, listen, bro, this ain't going to happen. You're going to take that thing out of me. And uh, they're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, they're like, when you can get up to pee, we'll take it out. I said, well, I guess I'm getting up to pee then. What's up now? Yeah. I got up and peed. Yeah. There you go. So then I took it out. But then in the middle of the night, I was in a lot oh, of pain because I must not have had a pain medication. And I was ringing this damn bell because I couldn't I could get up. It was, you know, this is like 12 hours after surgery or whatever. And I'm doped up on the uh, pain and I can't. And the nurse would not come in. And I had to, I had to like try to sit up and pee in the, in the like the cup thing that they leave by the bed just the bed in pan? case, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Was, I know. No, I not know a bedpan. Sure. It was, like I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But I had to sit, you know, because you can't do it when you're horizontal because then it'll, it'll roll back out on you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I had to sit, sit up just enough where I could piss in this cup because the nurse wouldn't come help me. I could help me get out of bed. It was so frustrating. I, I just envision oh you yelling oh. for the, for the nurse for a while and then just get I kept up. pushing the damn button and they wouldn't they wouldn't come. It was because you know I now I remember it was because you have this thing because your leg doesn't work that because you just got to cut open and whatnot. And mm -hmm. there's this thing where you hook your foot and you lift your foot out of the bed, you know, to get it moving. And I it was, that thing was out of reach for me, and so I couldn't get it. So I couldn't get my leg out of bed. Well, glad. Uh, yeah. Oh, that wasn't too terrible. Glad you got the catheter out quick. And uh, we're glad you guys are uh, tuned in. It's going to be a big week in wrestling. you got to love Super 32 week. Kyle Bracky and I on the call for the finals. Wow. It's going to be an exciting time. Boom. We're excited. We'll talk about a lot more tomorrow. We'll do that Penn State, Iowa whiteboard war, I do think. That's going to be fun. It's going to be pretty dang close. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to Kyle. And thanks to you. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy Tuesday.